0: What follows is a special and extended edition of the Staying In podcast. There are full time codes available on stayinginpodcast.com or in the description provided if you want to skip around the show. But hopefully, you will enjoy this small indulgence on our part. It is Christmas, after all. PlayStation 5, Among Us, and Secret Santa. This is Staying In. I had a a, a job interview the other day. Yeah. For a promotion at work. Mm -hmm. And you know how... um, Well, two embarrassing things happened in this job interview, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I like this story already. Okay, I do want to bury the lead, really. Uh, The first one was, I work in a very technical field of... Um, of broadcasting
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I went to this interview and I was using my uh, bone conductive headphones um, Bluetooth just chatting away and I thought I better have a spare handy just in case my battery dies good preparedness. yeah you yep. want to hire me don't you yeah yep. I'm ready yep. for any eventuality nice one so as predicted my Bluetooth headphones fail And I'm like I do apologise would you mind if I just switched my backup pair put in my backup pair I mean, if you were really prepared, you would have charged them ahead of time, but move on. Well, I I did charge them, but I was just... You were working that hard, so... I was working that hard, and the interview (laughs) went on for much longer than what I was briefed about. Um, And um, so I put in my backup pair, fiddled around in Zoom a little bit, and um, got them connected. Can you hear me? I, I can't. I can't. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, heavens. What's going on? A little bit of Oh no, that the, the the motivation, that the pace of the interview is slowly draining away. The confidence they have in me is slowly like, is he really oh he's not very good at this technical oh, stuff, is it? No. Um hadn't plugged them in. Um <laughs> so
2: <laughs> Did you did you try and style it out and pretend it wasn't that wasn't the reason?
0: No, I told them and said that I'll be more than happy to finish the interview here and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Paul's cord, parachute opens. (laughs) I was like, I literally said, I'm really sorry I've wasted your time. (laughs) I will will now leave, if that's okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, beautiful.
0: The other other embarrassing moment was I got a question um, and they asked me, um, aside from your professional development which mm-hmm. you've talked at at length. And I was like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, what, what personal development do you do outside of work? Oh. Uh, which is a really interesting question and kind of caught me off the back foot. And you know, when your mind and your mouth starts doing something and you, yeah. you kind of catch it in the act and you're just like, Oh my God, why am I, why yeah. am I saying that? I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going down this road now. I might as well continue. Whilst I was thinking of of what I could use in this scenario, I just started talking about the fact i just had a son.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, I
0: like, no. and I caught myself going, Sam, why are you talking about your newborn son? They don't they don't, what's that gonna do with any personal development? I mean to be fair, that is surely the most the ultimate in personal development.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like personal perpetuation, <laughs> right? Like, like Please give me job. I have son now. I've made another <laughs> one of me.
0: <laughs> and, then, and then, to make matters worse, halfway yeah. through talking about my son, I thought of, oh, that's a great example of personal development. So then I had to tie the two together. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, and my son has given me the motivation to do X, Y, and Z. Oh. <laughs> um, so Brilliant. Yeah,
1: that, Brilliant. Was a, that was a thrilling
0: <laughs> thrilling, a thrilling interview. As it's as it's the Christmas uh, episode of the Staying In podcast, uh, there there are some special things that will be happening on the show at intervals. Mm. We will be opening gifts. I don't know whether we want to do it as a block or we want to kind of make this interesting. And <laughs> you want to and want to see if you want to earn your right to open your Secret Santa gift.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, do you want to make do the, do the that? spirit of gift giving competitive? Yeah, let's do All right, that. Okay. Let's do Here that. we go. So, as with most years,
0: we've got a £15 budget to spend on each other. Mm -hmm. And we've each requested something, Mm. a very specific kind of thing for our secret Santa to to get us. We have received all those gifts. So now, for the first time, it's your chance to earn the right to open your gift. Okay? So, in my hand, I've got the top ten excuses used by Brits to get out of work early. Okay? So... We're going to go round the group and you're each going to give an answer. If you give a wrong one, you're out. Last one standing gets to open the gift. I realise that this gets tricky later on in the podcast we go, but ah, let's roll with it, see what happens. Um, So this is according to UKBusinessInsider.com. So the top 10 excuses used by Brits to get out of work early. Mm. Dan, let's start with you. What do you think is an excuse?
2: I'm going to say... that I would need to leave early for a medical appointment.
0: Yeah, doctor slash dentist appointment. That is correct. Peter Willington. Yes. <sighs>
1: um, I've got to get my iPad fixed because of a toilet-related uh, accident. Hmm. Is that on there, Sam?
0: That is not on the list. I'm afraid you're
3: eliminated. Chris? Um, well, I've never left work early, just saying.
0: <laughs> okay we'll, we'll just imagine just try and get into the headspace of someone who would make an excuse Some, I to know, leave work I know. Early. something
3: to do with uh my personal development school whether it's like their parents evening or they're doing a play or something my uh. child
0: i've got collecting children from school so yeah, i'll let you know. school okay run,
3: yeah. yeah
2: the school run okay daniel back to you <sighs> okay mine was going to be childcare related but okay mm. um
0: if you really wanted to, you could enlist the help of Peter Willington as he's as he's out. He, I don't trust him. Okay, okay.
2: I, I don't. I don't tr- He's not to be trusted. He would. He would throw me under the bus as quick as he could. Look at me. That's fair. You know what? I'm not. I'm not even mad. There's
0: eight. There's eight more to guess.
2: Um, uh, travel problems. I'm going to say so. Traffic or tr- to catch a train or need to get
1: away. That kind of thing. No,
0: no. I don't. I, no. I'm afraid that's mm. not on the top ten. So Chris to steal it to steal it so you can open your gift first. I'm staying in Secret Santa. Just give me one of the top seven excuses now. Well, no, eight,
3: because Dan didn't get one. I'm going to bring in Peter Willington on this.
1: Hello. Oh, no. My phone's friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- oh, no. Uh. Um. Um. Oh, Chris, what do you think about um, the idea of a... um? Like a like oh, I need to get away because Oh 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 um, not, I mean it's not it's difficult. You just need to get you've got an excuse quickly, off the top of your head. A house. You need to get like like going to look at like a house or like some sort of like big <laughs> you know flat or you know what i mean like going to look at a building
3: right like life
1: admin life admin stuff like basically like oh Uh, i need that kind of thing nice and specific better than that
3: yeah i'm going to say sam and based on what pete's just said (laughs) that it would be that like a partner or significant other has had an accident or something
0: fam family member ill correct well done um to complete so you'll get to open your gift first to complete the list pretending to be ill Weather-related, uh, taking a pet to the vet, um, don't want co-workers to get ill, broken boiler, flatmate locked out—that's my favourite one. Oh, and going to vote, which is <laughs> considering the polling stations are open till ten PM in yeah, the UK. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a that's a poor one. Um, so we'll we'll do another one of those later on. But Chris, has your prize. You yes.
2: To, um, so, uh, but what did you
3: ask for first? Well, that's it, really. So every year we ask our Secret Santas. you say we we ask for something specific. So we have the we have like a certain price range that we have to work within. And yes, so we to help Santa a little bit, we give them a, a kind of a, a set of parameters to work within. So mine was I wanted a role playing game, an RPG for myself, like a solo RPG, because I know that like. I've recently become interested in them. We're currently working on Artifact at the moment. Um, Sam and I have backed the Kickstarter for The Wretched, um, which should be arriving, I think, at some point this month. I think it's going to come out. And These are these these lovely kind of solo RPGs, and I really quite like that uh, because sometimes you want to kind of escape, but you don't want to have to be staying at a screen to do it, whether that be Mm. through Netflix or any other kind of streaming site or video games. So um, if if I can't do a solo board game, a solo RPG... Is something mm. in particular I would, you know, I am particularly interested in. So I've got this here. It says on it, "The attention of Chris." Bracket, "Secret Santa Derby." Um, so a very smart way of not having to gift wrap it. You just put Secret Santa actually on the address. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. this is good. This is good quality folio here. Oh no, that's <laughs> quite good. Brilliant. So this is called Thousand Year Old Vampire." Oh. And it's been, it's been, so this was, this has been printed out by a, an online printing company, and I have this here lovely ring bound. Well, d- thank you so much, Santa. So this is a thousand-year-old vampire. Um, any other credits here? Wow, it's like an, it's basically like, it's actually like a library book, like a really old library book. It's like from the inside. It, it's, it's, it oh, reminds wow. me of it, like the ship of Theseus, the ship of Theseus. sorry, the, um. That Kind of sense mm-hmm. of like you're holding a prop as well as do, a game. do you
0: know do you know anything about thousand year old vampire?
3: I don't know anything about thousand years, so I,
0: old I can vampire. I can tell you a little bit about it because I do know I do know about oh, it. Oh, yeah, please, please wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this is quite a popular um solo RPG where you pretend to be a vampire over thousands of thousands of years, and this and essentially what you're doing is you're given prompts a bit like the same in artifact. In terms of like what your character is doing over over certain years and how they're interacting with with different characters, but the interesting thing here is it takes place over um, such a protected um, amount of time, and there is an interesting mechanic where you can actually forget things, so you can actually like to do certain things. You will actually have to start like um, blacking things out in your diary. Wow! So, pe- pe- so. So, redacting your diary. So, people have recommended that you actually play it and buy yourself like a nice um, notebook and start writing things in your diary. And then, slowly as your play sessions will go on, you'll have to like redact things. So, they'll be generally like, you fell in love with so and so person. And then, as the game goes on, you'll eventually forget who that person was. And it will just be like, oh, I fell in love with someone, but I can't remember who they
3: were anymore. So, it's like the trials and tribulations of being an immortal.
0: Yes. Wow. Wow. That's
3: fantastic. Mm -hmm. And as I am a person who likes to take their time doing pretty much anything, this is a perfect solo RPG for me. Gosh, what a very thoughtful gift, Santa. Really lovely. It was a pleasure. Okay. (laughs) You're
1: you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, mate. (laughs)
2: Speaking of uh, being embarrassed, I was—I got embarrassed by myself the other day. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Yeah, you have used this podcast for kind of uh, advice—an uh, advice kind of portal in the past. So I'd perhaps like to utilise the power of the pod in this yeah. sense. Um, because I, I kind of realised I almost kind of had like a mini midlife crisis the other day. Where, and I'll paint you a picture. It's a personal picture, but I'll paint it for you because this is a safe mm-hmm. space. <laughs> yeah, it's just us. I was I was just getting ready to go to bed. Uh, it was it was close to midnight. Um, uh, I was I was to to put it bluntly, I was on the toilet. Um, I was looking on my iPad, as as generally people may do. They may look at an iPad or look at a phone in bed uh, on the toilet before an iPad on the toilet. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, is it like a Tesla? Is it like built in, like in the dashboard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at your phone on the toilet, don't you? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but an, I- an iPad seems...
3: No, I-, I drag my TV in.
0: It's like wheeling a... Pl- yeah, it's like wheeling your desktop PC and just like, well, I'll get a couple of raids on the go while
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. My, my, my toilet time is kind of very special to me, so I need to make the most of it.
0: <laughs> How much time does it... Oh, I don't want to know. Any, Anyway,
2: anyway... Strange enough, that's not the embarrassing bit. The embarrassing bit is I was sat there on my iPad and I realised that it was close to midnight and I was sat there looking at an article for the Top 10 Ladders 2020.
1: And I thought to myself, (laughs) what
2: have I become? And it was was genuinely an article that I was interested in.
0: Is this uh, women's hosiery or home improvement? This is home improvement.
2: I think that's a good distinction to make. That is very much uh, home improvement. Uh, looking at what are the best ladders hang on could you say top 10 ladders 2020 i was i was interested in the most up-to-date version of this list and i kind of wanted to use the power of the pod to maybe help me get out of the clear rut that i find myself that i'm spending my time looking at ladders i mean
0: how much has ladder technology gone from here is
3: a ladder to 2020 hmm. i, w- I want to know dan who sponsored the award ceremony
2: I'm not. I'm not prepared with a pun of sufficient hilarity
3: to answer that question. All right. So it didn't. It didn't escalate from there. Oh, oh.
0: You, you should have rung someone about
1: it. E. Yeah. Do you know what? We've reached new
3: heights.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Great. Let's step down from this. <laughs> <coughs>
0: So, if you're wondering what the, the the top ten list things are, yeah, um, I recently got a copy of uh, Mister Lister's old Mister Lister's Quiz Shootout from Big Potato. I bought this, <laughs> um, and it's great. It's just like a load of cards, and it's like the 11 best ice creams and ice lollies. List them, like oh, the top the the top 10 poets from Britain and Ireland. Um, we me me Chris and my wife went on a uh, socially distance walk. Um, a few days ago, mm. and we, like, took a stack of these in one of my pockets and we we're just, like, drawing them out at, ra- at random and going, like, according to Christian teachings, there are seven deadly sins. List them. And then, like, it, it's a real... It's, like, there are actually, like, a mechanic to this, like, how to actually play it, but it's kind of, like, a lovely little travel... Yeah, that's really clever. ...thing. And they're all, like... They're all, like, come from, like, proper proper lists, like, mm. you know, that have been in... Um, why do News I recognise the name Big
1: Potato? I, I, I associate that with high quality for some reason.
0: 20 Second Showdown, Herd Mentality, uh, okay, Obama Llama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay.
0: Peas um, yeah. for Pizza. I love that game. Um, uh, don't Get Got. Like some of the best party games and group games that. Gotcha. Play, basically. Gotcha. All right,
1: so
3: then. So, Chris, are you okay. ready? Okay. Um, keeping it on brand, Chapman, just because that's the way we roll. Okay, so listen up. There are eight common ways to cook an egg. Okay. List them. So I'm going to come to you, Sam, first. The best poach. Correct. Daniel. Fried. Correct. Peter. Boiled. You've done two there. There's hard boiled and soft boiled. So Pete's wiped out two on the list. (laughs) So... Now we're getting to the end game now because there are eight in total, and we've already had four. four so we're halfway through.
0: Uh, scrambled,
3: correct?
2: Okay, now I'm now I'm out of ideas. Um,
0: oh, why did you have to take two i
2: <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, <laughs> I'm just so good. This is this is all this egg council stuff, like all the knowledge that's coming uh, yeah, through. Yeah,
0: early on this. in the year, he did all the
3: relevant yep. research. Thanks, Sarah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Sarah. Um, Omelette.
3: Correct. Oh,
0: good choice. So, how many's left? Just two. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. deviled
3: <laughs> No.
2: What? That's a that's a that's a that's a dish. I mean, I could be an omelette as well, but that's basically a hard-boiled egg with stuff
0: in it. Hmm. So what what was the question again? What was the category again, Chris? There
3: are eight common ways to cook an egg. List um
0: mm. hmm omelet boiled fried poached scrambled uh uh I'm going to go uh <laughs> I can not what else what other ways are to prepare a bloody egg? Uh Uh. soufflé no, no,
1: I've got one. I think. I think I've got one. You're out. You're already out. You're what? out. You're out anyway. Oh. Yeah.
3: what was it? Uh, they were coddled, <laughs> and the last one yeah. is the way I sometimes cook my eggs, which is baked. I was gonna say
0: baked. Mm, good one. Ah! Coddle, to, to coddle an egg, you just hold it until it's cooked. I don't hear. know so, what a coddled just, egg is.
1: <laughs> just you, just tell it what it wants to hear.
0: Well, Dan, Dan, you win. So, Dan, you get to open your. Um, Yay. Um, you get to open your secret center. I mean,
2: I, I, I did get a sneak peek at my gift, only for the fact of it arrived um, from uh, a rainforest company. Um, and it arrived <laughs> literally about a day, or literally like 48 hours after we decided we were going to do it. So I assumed it wasn't going to be my secret center, because that came far too quickly. But alas, it was. Um, so firstly, I, I've actually got two gifts. Because clearly uh, my main gift did not meet the required uh, spending limit. So to, to, top up, to top it off, I have a packet of Pringles, um, which are pizza-flavoured. Classic. Which I may have to try. So that's that's that's, that's topped up for the price of my gift. And then my gift is lovely.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. What did you ask, what did you ask, you Daniel? ask for, What did you oh, ask yeah. for? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got excited. It wasn't a set of RPG, was it? Uh,
2: it was not a solo RPG. I asked for a two-player board game.
0: That's okay. what I asked for.
2: so I got very excited. Um, and we
0: all know you can't share a tin of Pringles with uh, another person. We've produced yeah. some really good two-player ones on the Absolutely podcast. Not.
2: So this is—I mean, this yeah. is a lovely uh, gift wrapped uh, from uh, Amazon. It's got a card. Let me see what the card says. Okay, so the card says, uh, "Oh, oh, uh, says to a truly fun guy from Secret Santa."
0: Oh, can
3: I guess what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Seven Wonders Jewel.
2: <laughs> okay, so... It's Okay, so... I have been gifted... Fungi! Oh, that
3: is a really, really good two-player game.
2: It's one of the best. One of my favourites.
3: It's one of my favourites. I, well. we, yeah. I think
2: we've talked about Fungi in the past. I've not played it. Um, so Fungi, a savoury card game... Um, for you guys who all know it better than me, what's what's great about this game?
3: Well, Sam, you let me borrow your copy, so you're probably best placed, better place than me to describe it.
0: So I'll jump in again here. Um, so <laughs> Fungi or Fungi or Fungi, as you can can call it, um, uh, is basically a set collection game, and it's and it's got a wonderful central mechanic that. Um, you 'll sit across from the player playing with you, and you start off the game with like a frying pan and um some some like twigs essentially and The idea is is that the game simulates you walking through the forest with your other with your other player so there's a so there 's a row of cards in the center of the table, and as the game goes along. This row of cards moves along like a conveyor belt. So the idea is, is that you're walking further and further into this into this wood, and as you're walking, you'll be picking stuff up off of this um, conveyor belt, and you'll be adding it into your into your hand. And the stuff you'll be f- picking up will be things like other frying pans, <laughs> butter, cider, and mostly mushrooms. And the idea is, is that you're um, picking up mushrooms and collecting them as sets, and then you're playing them in front of you with a frying pan because the idea is is that like you're picking the best mushrooms and then you're cooking them up and if you're able to like add some butter in or add some cider in you'll accre- you'll increase the value of the of the mushrooms that you've cooked so there's, like, interesting things, like, really common mushrooms. There's, like, ten of them in the deck, and they're all, like, worth one point each. So you can cook, like, five of them up together, and that's, like, five points. Or you can go for, like, the morels. oh the sweet, the sweet morels. The sweet there's only, morels. There's only, like, three of them in the deck, but they're worth ten points each. Mm. So there's a wonderful, like, part of um, the game where you can kind of see what, Kind of mushrooms that your opponent's going for, and so like even if you don't really want it, you can like steal the last morel that they were looking for, mm. and it's just it's just really really thematic, like this act of like walking along yeah. into a forest, yeah. and, and generally it it does really feel like you're you're having a walk along with your with your opponent uh, together,
1: and the artwork has that classic mm. German card game uh, feel, like it's very. Um, like or, like ish but not like very yeah. kind of naturalistic. It looks like um, you know, like you get like German gingerbread and the designs that would be on the on the packet of something like that. Like really beautiful. I believe, and I don't know, but I believe there is an American version of this called Morels.
0: Yes, there is. Yes, it's it's very it's very sort of Hans Christian Andersen kind of fairy tale, like yes. yeah. of a of a game. It's really it's. It's really very good. It's a very good game. Very good. well, thank you very much, uh, Secret Santa.
2: I look forward to playing that with my uh, lovely wife.
0: So the game that we've been playing, yeah, as, I, as I have mentioned, is Mr. Lister's Quiz Shootout, which I think is a, a I think is a reprint from Big Potato. I think it went out of print for a while, and they made that and they made the print and play version available. Um, but you you can get it now um but I do have a I do have a small suggestion for another game that is good for this time of year and would actually make a good gift for um someone if you're struggling for something to get someone and you want it and you're looking for a gift idea Mr list is great anything for a big potato shove it in but um I've also been playing abandon all artichokes um <laughs> which is yeah, it it it's abandon all artichokes and the strap line of the game is a heartless card game. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That's a very good play on
0: words. It's very good, isn't it? Um the word Jerusalem isn't anywhere in the rules, but man, that's a bit of a man. shame. But um and I don't want to spend too long talking about this because I think it's kind of um the game probably only takes about 10 or 12 minutes to play, and I don't think it really needs any more than that to kind of describe how much fun um, I've had playing it, and Chris has played it with me too. And it's designed by Emma Larkins, and um, the art is by Bonnie Pang. And it's um, um, produced by Game Right Games. And I think it is a game that now sits alongside Sushi Go as... A game that every person who enjoys board games should have in their collection. So I think Sushi Go is probably the one game that we all have in common, that we all own. Yep. Even yeah, um, I own it. It's brilliant. And I think that Abandon All Artichokes should now be like the next game that, um, that you pick up. It's very cheap. 11 quid maximum, I think it is. Um, unfortunately, it comes in a box which is sort of shaped like an artichoke, which is probably the one downside I have about it. Like, it is just a deck of cards, and it's a shame it doesn't just come in a nice little tin like Sushi Go does. Right. But it is just a deck of cards, and it is uh, um, different in that it is the first deck um, destruction game that I've ever played. So we're all quite familiar with Deck building games like Star Realms, Valley of the Kings, where the idea is is that you're using hands in your using cards in your hand as money to buy stuff from a shop, which will give you like better ships to shoot your opponent or like um, burial items to put in your um, pyramid, as in Valley of the Kings. How in, however, in Abandon All Artichokes, the idea is everyone around the table starts with ten artichoke cards and it's the first person to draw a hand of five that doesn't contain any artichoke artichoke cards so the idea is is that you're all trying to basically destroy your own deck like get rid of all the artichoke cards that you have there's no economy in it there's no store on your go you're just everyone takes a card from the general stock for free and then they can play their cards from their hand immediately and it's so incredibly simple and but yet really really um engaging as a game that i mean me and chris have both been like you know really bold surprisingly bold over from it like it's really really sweet to look at um i think it, it is a genuine contender for you know helping um people get into board games or if you know that you're going to be around people at Christmas who generally don't like them but you want to play like a nice little card game I think it appeals to a very wide breadth of people and it's instantly understandable like that, like that idea of you've got to get rid of these artichokes is a lot easier to understand than you've got to pick a faction yeah, and build yeah, yeah. and invest in it and oh you don't want to diversify your portfolio you just you just got to Draw a hand of five cards, that doesn't contain an artichoke. And because there's no economy in it, because there's no like each artichoke is worth one thing to buy, you just pick whatever you want from the store for free on your turn, and that's it. It's it means you can get down to the crux of the game quicker. Mm. And um yeah, it
1: makes it makes it for a really enjoyable experience. And is it does it actually have like Strategy would you want to play it multiple times? would you like like is there because I, I think part of the problem with those kind of very accessible games hmm. sometimes is that it's really easy to understand and unfortunately because of that there's also a, kind of like a lack of depth um is I mean is there actually strategy here is or is that maybe
3: not the point or there's a little bit of strategy there, but not too much that you overly fixate on that and you get frustrated if you lose. And that's okay. what I like about this. There's enough there to keep you um replaying the game because I think you and I Sam we played it like was it 2 days on the trot or at least there was a day apart and I just and I just wanted it and it it's It's light and breezy, but not too light. It does everything that Game Right has done so well with Sushi Go, as Sam says, which the reason why Sushi Go has done gangbusters is because it's in that sweet spot for bringing in new players, but keeping them there so they don't Mm. just see it as a flash in the pan, as a one-off, and they they will go back to it. And also, as Sam says, it's a single deck of cards, very easy to set up and deliver. You haven't got to worry about uh, making sure that everyone's got the right amount, sorry, the right particular type of edge in their hand because you literally start with 10 artichokes each. And it's it's a lot easier to understand how everyone starts with the same hand of cards, and how that changes than it is to spend time trying to explain each and every one's person's card in their hand because everyone's got the same starting hand. All you need to look is just you can actually teach, It's one of those games you can teach as you go, which I really really like. That in terms of like catching that similarity between
0: sushi go like there is. Um... In Sushi Go, you have a deck that's too big for the that that generally has too many cards for the people that are playing. So, in terms of strategy in Sushi Go, you always have to be on the hot foot of oh, there's quite a lot of dumplings going around this time, so or there's quite a lot of prawns going around, yeah. so I'm going to have to like pin down. Um, Abandon all large is kind of similar that you have this massive stack of cards um, that make the shop. And you kind of just have to play a strategy that meets the the different vegetables that are in the shop. So when me and Chris are playing it the second time, we were like, oh, we didn't see a carrot last time. Well, what does a carrot do? Or, well, there's quite a lot of onions this time. Let's, let's. So that is that is a sort of way you strategize in that you have to take advantage of what is in the shop because that's the only place that you can essentially... Um, gain things that help you gonna get rid of artichokes. And the only other sort of thing in terms of strategy is picking what card you're going to take. So for example, the onion, I think off the top of my head, the onion allows you to get rid of an artichoke card immediately, but you then have to put it onto an opponent's discard pile. So there is an in- interesting um, part of the strategy there in terms of, I can get this advantage now, but now, but then I'm going to be giving this advantage to another player right, later on right, in right, the right. Yeah. in the. So, in a really subtle way, it does a great job of introducing lots of little mechanics that are familiar in quite a lot of more complicated and more strategically deeper um, board games, but in a really subtle and light and enjoyable way. And yeah, I think I think it would be. Almost like a ten out of ten if we did scores game if it wasn't in an artichoke shaped box.
3: But it, <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, it looks beautiful. It's got that cute sushi mm. quality. It's a bit. It does put the art in artichoke. Oh, <laughs> Chris. we got through that entire thing.
1: Come on, mm, it's
3: Christmas. Give me one at least. Come on. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but like, but 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 Dan, I know from your position where like board games aren't generally like you're never gonna you're never gonna play like. Or buy like Concordia or Great Western Trail or anything like that. Like for you, I think like the joy of it is is like, oh this is just a little tin, but mm. look at all the fun that we've had from it. Yeah. And this only cost me a tenner, like this was this was brilliant.
1: Well on the on the on the flip side of this, I've actually been experiencing a game that is the exact opposite of <laughs> what you are talking about. Um so uh, <laughs> Gather
0: Gather, no, what's the opposite of an artichoke? Gather,
1: what's the opposite of an artichoke? Collect, no, carrots. Carrots, collect, no, carrots. What's the opposite of an artichoke? A carrot.
2: I don't know, but it it phonetically worked nicely. Abandon all
1: artichokes, collect all carrots.
2: That works.
1: Yeah, all right, okay. Collect, no, carrots. Yeah, fair enough. It's the opposite. Um, So what's collect no carrots about, Pete? I mean that sort of... um, No, no. Pete, Pete, Pete. I want to know what Collect No Carrots is about. Oh, okay. Um, Collect No Carrots is actually a licensed game from the Looney Tunes people. Uh, And it's actually about a Bugs Bunny that's gone murderously rampant uh, and is after any person who is collecting carrots. Each player plays as Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, um, The Goof Troop, all the children's classics, um, and they have to make sure that they don't pick up any carrots just in case Bugs uh, comes off, because Bugs can sniff them out, uh, and then, um, unfortunately, if, if they do find you, uh, he will murder you. It's a bit like um, that Jack the Ripper um, hidden movement game. That's from Whitechapel. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's that, basically, but Bugs is a murderer. I mean that's a darker game than I was expecting. Well, you know what? Ask It's a departure for the Looney Tunes. You asked No, um <clears throat> no, I mean the kind of game where you spend um Well, the game itself is um three hours long. Um uh, uh, uh it's a game called Get Kanban. Um and it's about three hours long. Uh but uh to really learn how to play it, you need to spend about two days in a classroom beforehand. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair, this sounds like a dream game for you.
3: Two days in a classroom.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've become a little bit obsessed with this game. Um, and it is... Uh, so get Kanban, one word. Um, it was not on BGG until I put it onto BGG the other day. Um, it, uh, so it is actually a... Um, there is a hidden world of training board games um, that people make board games around themes and subjects or, uh, to be used in classrooms. So actually, Alex's uh, father used to make them for when he worked, I think, at the BBC. Um Used to make these training board games, basically, and so uh, it's a it's a niche within a niche within a niche, obviously. But these board games will teach you; uh, they are they are ways of taking quite high level concepts and philosophies and theories from a classroom and engaging with them in a semi practical way and in a very safe way. So I've actually been doing um, uh, a. A, a kanban course which is a, a project management course you don't really need to know too much about it basically um but it's a um it's a way of it's a philosophy about making things in a uh, an efficient quality manner and i'm just interested in these kinds of things that's my day jobs part of my de- day job is, is thinking about this kind of stuff so is it a
3: dexterity game
1: it's, a, it's not a dexterity game. It is, however, a worker placement. Uh, and um, uh, basically, um, it is a game where... So the entry fee is quite high. Um, it is either you play it on the course that I was on, uh, which is... Uh, I won't go into how much that was, but it was, it was it, you know, worth it, but quite high. Um, or you can buy it uh, uh, as a one-off Hang on, so I'm just
2: just just so I can get this right. Have we now reached a point, Pete, where you yep. are taking courses to play board yeah. games? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just, right. just just wanted
1: to clarify. That on yeah, this yeah.
3: road that we've walked down, this is yeah. the stop that we're currently <laughs> yeah, at. Okay. Yeah, it does feel like we're reviewing Office 365.
1: I mean, so but this is the thing. I want to talk about this because I think this is really interesting. So, first of all, the entry fee is $450. What? Yeah, if you want to buy this, this is $450. It is also a minimum probably of 8 players. You need to get 8 players who are prepared to do this, plus a moderator to be able to go, "Okay, this is how this whole philosophical system about how you make complex uh, complex products
2: it's a, it's like it's like a group of like a team of know. people got together in a room and said let's make a game that Dan just would hate.
3: What yeah, exactly. all of the elements? Absolutely. What
1: elements could we well, put in
3: place? But but, but, not, but nine people Dan, that's fifty quid each.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like uh, dollars dollars per people per hour. It's not that bad. The um, but the thing here is that um, the reason the reason I'm really fascinated by it is first of all. I just like that kind of thing. And it was a really, genuinely is a really great way of getting across all of the, uh, um, the sort of philosophies about how Kanban works and, and literally the systems of how all these things work. Um, and you might know this um, from uh, your work, actually, because this is all fairly, so this is fairly confident. So, you know, when you get basically like three columns on a board and it says to do, doing, done, that's a Kanban board and that's where that's part of one of the tools of one of the systems. So this is a this is a game that goes into that and how it, how it all works. That in and of itself is very very interesting and I think it uh I think it was um you know I think it gets across that that stuff really really well. But the thing I found super interesting about it is it was actually a really good game. Like it was actually I was really surprised at how entertaining trying to figure out how to use one of these systems actually works. I was really impressed with how somebody had been able to board game eyes a thing that people do for their jobs, right? And it got me thinking about, you know, first of all, are there any other board games out there that actually do do this? Like, um, so for example, war games as an entire, you know, you were talking about war games earlier. War games as an entire medium um, came about because of Napoleon's troops. I think it was. they used to they used to play war games as training exercises, right? That is like one of the earliest instances of of board games and certainly war games that we know about, right? And it came about essentially as an educational tool, right? And I wonder how many of these things. Are there out there, and are there any other games that do this that we just kind of don 't know about are there or are there games that we're playing right now that are teaching us things about how the world works right so this this one get kanban you know it's it's very unlikely anybody's ever going to go and play it um unless you specifically go on this course or you 've got four hundred and fifty dollars burning a hole in your pocket and just an an unbelievable interest in what this could possibly be um but I do wonder, what is there out there? You know, board games, are made, board games have so many different themes and topics now. The first Board Game Geek entry is a game that's actually about the German parliament. And it will teach you how the German parliament works. It's a classic German board game. I, can't, I cannot remember for the life of me what it's actually called. But it will teach you about what those things are. And it just got me thinking about all of that stuff. Like, Are there any other games that we play that are actively teaching us things?
0: Well, I've well, I've been playing uh, on my own a game called Coffee Roaster, mm-hmm. which sells itself is on the box itself. It sells itself as a premium solo game, um, <laughs> and uh, and it very much is like most of the solo games I own. Most of them are just a pack of cards, or even the um, stuff that's from the OniVerse is in quite small boxes. Mm. Um, but this is like a proper big box solo experience. It's not like a a game that they've condensed down into a solo variant. This is just a game that is played solo. Um, It's designed by um, Sashi, and it is a game that tries to replicate as much as possible the coffee roasting process. I mean, when you open the box itself, it has an A4 piece of paper, which tells you what coffee is and how it's roasted. And the mechanics of the game are quite simple. It's it's a bag building um, game, um, which is I guess the sort of touchstones are like Quacks of Kweilingburg, yeah, Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico um, and so the idea is is that you're drawing stuff from your bag and then using certain mechanics to kind of change what is in your bag, so subsequent draws are more powerful, more valuable. And how the game actually works is, is that the bag is essentially the stand-in for the coffee roaster. And what is in your bag is a ton of coffee beans. And you start each playthrough picking a different kind of coffee from a different part of the world. So you have like beginner, intermediate and advanced coffees that you brew. And they come in this wonderfully like resplendent premium envelope um so one of the first ones is like this coffee from sao paulo and you turn it over and it tells you where it's grown and that like um that it's so popular in brazil that they drink like um three quarters of the stock that they produce because they just don't want to sell it because it's so good and it gives you a bit more information about like the conditions that it's brewed under and that scoring sheet tells you what beans are going into the bag and then what Score you have to hit to basically make the perfect brew. And so, I guess, in a roundabout way, the game has started to teach me about the delicate Mm. refining that goes into making a very special blend, especially something like coffee. Because essentially, how the game works is every time you draw out a bean that's got a number on it, you throw that back into the box and you put back into a bag a bean with. Um, a higher valued number back in because the idea is is that the bag is roasting these beans and so they're getting richer and they're getting darker as you're drawing them out of the bag. So when you draw a 1, you put back in a 2. When you draw a 0, you put back in a 1, etc, etc. But the one thing you've got to do is if you ever draw a 4 and then you have to put it back in your bag, that bean is now burnt because you've basically over-roasted it. So what the game is essentially teaching you is about the delicate balance between trying to get the most um, flavor out of the beans that you're with, but not over-roasting to a point where you're essentially burning the beans that you're working with. They're minus points at the end of the game. And it, has, it does have like, wonderful thematic touches, like there are Steam tokens And when you pull them out of the bag, you immediately put them back in the box. It's just like, well, of course, you're producing steam. So that's just like (laughs) a a byproduct of the coffee roasting process. Just put it back in the box. The more more you go along roasting the coffee, because it's up to you to decide when you stop and essentially brew the first cup. So the longer you go along the roasting process, you start adding things in like smoke tokens, which are negative points at the end of the game. So essentially like... Uh, um, you're like over. the idea is that you're kind of like over-roasting the beans and sometimes there'll, there'll be times where you have to add in extra heat which will mean that instead of increasing the bean values by one you increase them by two so you've got to be really careful about drawing like threes and fours and when you stop the game and you think right I'm ready to make my first cup the idea is you're drawing beans out of the bag and you've got to hit a certain value with the numbers that you've got. And if you hit it sort of in the middle, you'll get maximum points, a little bit less, a little bit more, you'll get less less sort of points. So, like, that's been, like, the most valid learning experience for me. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've essentially learnt how to make a good cup of coffee from playing the game, but I think what I have learned from it is how is the complexities of, you know, what it is to make a coffee a coffee blend. Like, I guess you assume that most of the time it's just a bean that they pick, a bit like grapes, it's just like a grape they pick and the environment around it influences the flavour and the taste and the profile of it. However, when, when it comes to coffee, the actual... The, the bean is important in terms of the environment that it's grown in, but also how it is roasted, mm. like what they add in terms of like, there's tokens that you can use to like adjust aroma and bitterness and acidity and all these little like little touches that you can do along the sort of the roasting process in the game to kind of affect how it will be in the end product. It's a, it's, it's, it is one of the best solo games that, that I've played. I, and I essentially, and I think it is because of that like premium edition, like it comes in a box which already has like a game tray in it, in order to put all the tokens. Nice. So all that sort of like filtering out is really, really simple. Like everything's organised from the bat, and like it's a one. It, like if you're playing Coffee Roaster, you're playing Coffee Roaster. Like no one else is using the dining room table for the next
3: thirty, forty minutes. Like, look, you've got such a big table now, Sam. Can I ask? Like, mm. does it feel like it works at its best as a solo game, or do you feel that actually? You want that you want to have that person there to kind of discover the coffee making process with, if you see what I mean? A bit like in viticulture where you know you're making your own wine separately around the table and you're looking at each other's blends and stuff like
0: that. No, I I think it is. It it's designed as a solo game through and through and I and I applaud them for making um a bag building game which um genuinely is quite a thrilling experience with enjoyed with a lot of people in terms of yeah. like pushing your luck uh into such a uh into such an exciting and rewarding solo experience i think that generally just comes down to the theme like preparing yourself roasting and preparing yourself a very personal cup of coffee um uh feels very individual rather than quaxequedlingburg which is like you're in this apothecary festival and all this kind of stuff i think the only reason i'd want someone there playing it with me would be to go stop stop sam sam stop stop right stop just just you you no you you're over roasting you're over roasting the first the first um the first roast blend i made was terribly over roasted because <laughs> i wanted to be very very sure that i was getting the right amount of beans in it and it was it was pretty awful but um but yeah it that would be like most recently that's been the best example of a game where i've really learnt it's really taught me something about like a process, a mechanical mm. other thing. Mm. So for the um, um, for this, I've only I'm the only one with a copy of Mr. Lister's Quiz Shootout, but there is a print and play version of it which everyone else is using. But unfortunately, the print and play does, version doesn't come with this plastic mustache.
1: <laughs> well, what's even the point then? <laughs> That's great. They're really good, yeah. aren't they? Those
3: those big lot? they really get it they're perfect for christmas actually like when you've got like the family like together and like i know that in the uk as a public information thing they are kind of trying to dissuade people from playing board games together at christmas yeah but but there are a few big potato games you can play where it's not like having you can you can do it smartly and safely and still have that sense of a party game with their kind of their Mm. back catalog really which is really lovely so they're Mm. a really good game company for christmas
2: Okay, I've got one. Here we go. You ready? Okay. Okay. There are 11 things commonly left in hotel rooms. List them. Oh, oh no, this is a good Dan. One. Who do
0: you want first? Uh, I'm going to start off
3: with Pete. Feel free to tap me in. I used to be a cleaner at a hotel.
0: Award-nominated. Award-nominated Award
3: nominated cleaner
1: Chris. Uh, could you give me a hand?
0: Straight away, just can't think of anything no, that someone not. might leave. I mean-
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so top things left are I just remember lots of tissues. Is that really going to be your suggestion?
1: <laughs> no, Award nominated. No.
3: Um, uh, um, so well, things people would leave would be, um,
0: who's playing this game Pete or Chris come
1: on
3: I'm Pete. looking for I'm looking for suggestions
1: what about well, Chris if I said underwear do you think that's a good good one
3: I had a couple of instances of that yeah
1: <clears throat> Dan yes
2: underwear underwear is a correct answer well god, done thank god mm. oh. okay toothbrush uh, electric toothbrushes on there so I'm going to say yes to that one <sighs> back to you back to you Pete you're going <sighs> to outsource it
3: again is that po- is he is that a lad?
2: Oh yeah, maybe you've used up
1: your own your own lifeline. I line. think
0: you've used up your Chris.
3: What you if can, you can
0: you can ring Alex if you want?
1: Sam, just a quick question about this game itself. Yeah. Uh is it like the actual board game? Is it like PG rated or is there sometimes a little bit of naughty stuff on there as well?
0: Uh I think it um it's well,
1: it's fourteen plus on the box. Okay, so maybe, so, that so, you well. <laughs> so maybe there's a little bit of this up. So maybe, uh, so I would say, Dan, um, uh, something of a sexual nature, like a, uh, for example, um, uh, <laughs> for example, a family planning thing. For example, uh, my uh, some like. A vibrating Pringles can. My, a family heirloom of mine, <laughs> um, for example. it's a deep cut. Uh, a prophylactic. Is that yes, what you're prophylactic, yes. Okay.
2: Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to let you talk anymore on that, so I'm going to give you that,
1: because on the list there is adult toys there we are Okay. excellent stuff so adult toys so like the sort of master set in Lego yeah. or,
3: FX <laughs> um, or uh, yeah. like a really expensive train set it's, adv- it's advanced Meccano
1: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> isn't that just like actual steel and riveting and stuff like that <laughs> okay so back to you Sam
0: alright okay uh, phone charger
2: hang on what's the punishment if someone does if someone's out in this round do they just not well, get their present? Well, they will
0: eventually. They will. They just get to open their gifts last, oh. last like a loser. You know. Okay. So what did you say? A phone charger. A phone charger is on there. So again, Pete,
2: straight away it loops straight back right <coughs> to you. You've burnt your Chris lifeline. You've burnt your kind of. You always got tissues. <laughs> <laughs> you've burnt um, your adult friendly one. Passport. Passport. You're going for passport. Passport is not on the list. Oh. On the remaining, the remainder of the list. Anybody else want to have another go at anything else?
3: Or I think money, Dan. I used to well, get I've lots.
0: got to. No, I've got to get one to steal it. Yes. Otherwise, it's okay. A dead rubber, isn't it? Otherwise, we go to the tiebreaker. Um, so I'll, I'll say food. Food is not on there, Pete. You're back in Ooh. the game. Oh. No, go go to the tiebreaker.
2: Oh, the tiebreaker. Oh, you want to go? You want to skip straight to the? So yeah. So for each uh, for each card, there is a tiebreaker. So a last chance saloon. So for this one, it says how many items left on public transport in New York make it to lost and found every year? So I'm just looking for a number, and whoever's closest is the, is the, is the victor. Who goes first? I give it. I give it to Pete to go first. And while I'm, I'm going to put oh, this God. forward now. <laughs> I will not accept, Sam, an
1: answer, <laughs> one above or below pizza. <laughs> Damn it. All of New York, all of public transport, all the items. In yeah, one public year.
2: transport in New York make it to lost and found every year. So this is the stuff that people haven't, like, grabbed and run off with. 10,000. Okay,
0: 10,000. Uh, 75,000.
1: What?
2: Okay, so, I can confirm that the answer is between those numbers. <sighs> it's, it's not a trick question that there isn't a lost and found. Hold on to your things, New Yorkers, for goodness sake. The correct answer is 50,000, which means Sam oh. is the winner.
1: Oh. Yes, come it, on. It wasn't well close, done. but Sam is the winner. All right.
3: That was well played tissues chris no joking so loads of tissues and cash was cash on the list dan
2: it wasn't Do you know it people- was on the list it was, yeah, was phones and chargers underwear false yep. teeth never had that hearing aids never had that keys never had that shoes slash clothes you had some of that toiletry bags adult toys electric toothbrushes laptops and jewelry
3: I remember once, so when I went to this hotel, I remember because I used to cater for weddings and there was a big bottle, of, an unopened bottle of champagne in the fridge and I just took it home with me, but didn't realise actually that would have still got deducted <laughs> from them. <laughs> I, I didn't realise until like a few weeks after. Um, and I, I'd also eat the biscuits that were left over as well. Not, not not left over like they'd taken a bite and left it on the plate, but ones that they hadn't opened. I'd, I'd help myself with the biscuits. So, you know, I'd just get hungry, you know, hoovering and stuff.
2: I mean, yeah, we know you.
3: And you can hoover up the evidence then, it's great.
2: <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny went, Ocean's yeah. got nothing on you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sam.
0: I've won! Yes, you've so won. I get open my gift. All right. This has also been lovingly wrapped by <laughs> a famous rainforest. Uh, What I asked for this year was a game that I have not played, but that's also in a foreign language. Also known as the Willington requirement.
1: Mm. (laughs) Mm. An unnecessarily and overtly difficult request. It it was quite a challenging one, actually, wasn't it? Amazon.de, mate. (laughs) 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 it's Monopoly Le Monopoly (laughs) Le Monopoly
3: it's (laughs) it's
0: Munich's own version of Monopoly Monopoly so this might require some translation to understand and break down but inside this package I have got uh, Compromat 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 is that Russian? Das grob nope. jewel
1: this sounds good but
0: it is from um, Helvetic, which we have um, we've come across before they made um, omerta which oh, we which we have spoken about before so has
1: anyone done any research on this? I know what the word Compromat means compromise uh, It means compromising material. Oh 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 so spies, espionage? Uh well according to Wikipedia, uh in Russia, Russian culture compromat, short for compromising material, is damaging information specifically about a politician, business person, or other public figure. Uh I, I can give you a little bit of a of a bit of a bit of a blurb. Go on, if you like. Uh
2: In this one-on-one game, take on the mantle of rival spies competing by undertaking daring missions and trying to remain undercover. Mm. So this is a Compromat by Adam Porter and Rob Fisher.
3: It, it implements... It's basically blackjack, but with a kind of social deduction element to it, I think. It's like a push your luck. Ah. Yeah, the two players compete using
2: blackjack hands to win missions and collect special abilities. To complete a mission successfully, overtake your opponent, but be careful not to go over 21, or you'll collect notoriety tokens.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic. Okay, well, this, it, this looks absolutely um, gorgeous. And... Um, yeah, it is, going to, it is
3: going to take a little bit of translation. I mean, I'm on the Board Game Geek page now, and they have got a PDF of the rules in English. Kind of undermines the whole request, though, really, doesn't it? They've got them in French as well. so You've got to figure it out yourself.
0: I kind of like this because it just looks a lot more interesting on your board game shelf. It looks makes you look cultured. Yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah. What's, what's all this stuff in a, in a foreign language? Yeah. But it's just like it's yeah. like the sort of people who are like oh, all well, the Derrida. Yes, of course. <laughs> 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 um, but that is um, that's genuinely a really good a really good shout. So thanks very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Brilliant. Thank you, Santa.
3: I want to talk about a genre of game that I never, ever thought I would ever properly go back to as a genre because it was one of those genres, and I'm not going to bury the lead, social deduction game. All right, Okay. So a bit... I don't know if this was the same for you, but when I first started board gaming, like getting back into the hobby, like my go-to games were really social deductions because... There was something about that frill yeah. of in a social deduction game where a lot of the time is spent discussing stuff around the table, which is really good for people who aren't not that familiar with board games. I love social deduction we- games. Yeah, Resistance, um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, um, this kind of thing.
2: I think, I think those kind of those kind of games were really good because it still felt like you were just having fun with it, and obviously, you obviously yeah. you have fun with board games, but. Board games can be serious as well. You can have, absolutely enjoy your time with them, but they're a serious thing. It's not that you're all having fun and having a laugh and a joke and stuff like that. Sometimes they're great, but they're a serious thing. I think yeah. social deduction often lean towards that fun side. So when you're moving yeah. into the hobby, it's very easy to pick up and be like, oh, I can get on with this.
3: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And generally, they're more or less, they're like in small car boxes. There's not much kind of like shelf space that needs to be taken no. up by them. The issues I found with them and the reason why once I got into the hobby more and more, I kind of strayed away from them, was A, the fact you need a lot of people to really make it worth your while. There is no kind of real solo version of a social deduction game. No. <laughs> Secondly. Just holding up a mirror.
1: <gasps> <laughs> it was you. Then
3: again, I play War of the Rings, so, and that's ha- that's got a hidden movement element to it. So anyway, but like, the second thing was that after a while, that backstabbing nature of it in some of them gets a bit, wearing after a while sure. and that constant idea of being on edge, of being distrustful, the novelty of that can wear off. And mm-hmm. um so it was quite interesting for me when I cannot remember which of our group suggested we play this. So apologies there, but we all got around online and we played Among Us, which is mm. a game that is By the time recording is no longer probably the new jam because in true me fashion, I'm talking about a game that is not only two years old, but even though it's had this renaissance fairly recently, that has come and gone. And this was, you can get this on Windows, Android and iOS. I believe it's free on Android. I don't know if it's free on iOS. Um, um, This comes from a very small team of Inner sloth. So designed by Marcus Bromander, art by Bromander and Amy Liu. It's an online, so it's a video game, not a board game, a multiplayer social deduction game. Yeah. <clears throat> Player count, three to ten players for obvious reasons, because two players are thinking, well, hang on, it's got to be them. Um, very simple premise, your crewmates on a ship, each with a set um, of maintenance tasks that need completing to ensure the ship doesn't fall apart and that you can win the game when you complete all your tasks. So, for example, I have to go to the medbay to submit a scan, or I have to divert power to live support, or I have to download data in weapons. However, amongst the crew is an imposter who is hell-bent on sabotaging the ship and killing off the crew. The crew have to keep the ship functional whilst trying to root out the imposter and jettison them from the ship, whereas the imposter has to either sabotage the ship completely or kill off enough of the crew to win. So in terms of how this plays out then, when you're leaving the lobby, when you all meet at the very beginning of the game, each player is secretly informed of their role. And then from then onwards, nobody speaks. So for the crew, you roam around the ship doing these light little mini puzzles to complete tasks such as joining wires, dragging leaves into an O2 filtration unit or tracing navigation routes. And if you see anything suspicious, such as a crewmate behaving strangely or maybe a dead body, you can call a meeting. And this is the only instance when you talk to each other. And this is where all the crew get together and discuss their suspicion. So this is the social deduction element, where you can say, I saw Pete doing acting really suspiciously over in electricity. Yeah. And Pete can say, well, hang on, no, I saw you acting suspicious here. And you're kind of I saw this person next to the dead body and they can say, well, hang on. No, I saw you next to the dead body. And it's then it's your word against theirs. And you've got to try and convince everyone around the table. And then this will culminate in a vote. And depending on the outcome of that vote, somebody may be jettisoned out the airlock. If that person turns out to be in the imposter, great. We've won the game. Um, if it's an innocent crew member, oops. Um, and so as the imposter, your job is really to blend in making it look as if you're doing work around the ship whilst waiting for that optimum moment to strike uh, sabotaging equipment to create chaos and split the crew up or waiting to kill off one of them, like that gazelle with the limp, like the back of the herd. Um, but you're also able to call a meeting. So you could kill somebody, call a meeting and say, Oh, I found a dead body here just to divert suspicion elsewhere. Um, You're also able to use the ventilation shafts to kind of quickly move around. But you've just got to make sure that nobody sees you enter and exit them because that's a bit of a telltale otherwise. Um, So um, what makes this game really good fun and surprisingly good fun for me personally um, is that although the discussions are important, it is a social deduction game at heart. These are actually just as significant for the actions. So, as uh, so, the actions are just as significant in that regard. So, for when I play werewolf, it's really just all on me. I get a card with my role. I can do some kind of feng shuiing of cards. I can move stuff around. But actually, it's about how good a liar I am and how good a bluffer I can be. Yeah. If you're not that kind of person and you tend to shy away from social deduction games, like a lot of people I play with actually don't like them because they're not very good at lying that's fine for Among Us because you can just put all your efforts into looking as little as suspicious as possible when you're playing the game, moving around. Mm-hmm. So for example, <clears throat> if I see Dan on his own, I can just follow Dan if I'm the imposter. And if I, if I just choose not to kill him, just by me hanging around with Dan, hopefully that will build up trust with Dan. So when we get to the discussion, I know I've got Dan in my corner and Dan can argue on my behalf saying, well, Chris was maybe with me the entire time. He didn't kill me. He could have done that, but he didn't.
2: I am extremely trustworthy to a fault.
3: And also as well, one of the things that irritates me, and I know this is a pet peeve of yours, Sam, in social deduction games often, if you're out, that's it, you're out. You've just got to wait for everyone else. And, and it's really boring. And it's not so bad in games like Spy 4 where the game the turnaround for the games like that is pretty quick because as soon as you find out who the, the spy is, that's it, deal out another set of cards. Here, what happens is you become a ghost. And that's great for two reasons. One, you can move through walls and carry on completing your tasks. So you're still helping the crew. But second... You can follow the imposter and you can kind of take little mental notes in terms of how they play. So when you're playing this game again, you can look for those telltale signs in them. And uh, it's really interesting, actually, how like classic social deduction games, the more you play at it, the more suspicious you become. So one of our party, Greg, has played it much more than us. And by default, we tend to just just assume he was the imposter. It's usually him. Yeah. And everyone has their own telltale signs, those things they do. When they're being the imposter, you, you, you say that though. But I was getting very upset because I would be playing,
2: and Greg would be killing people, and he was the killer, and I knew he was the killer because I had seen him do it. And yet, every and yet he, and he barely even argued, but everyone thought it was me, and yeah. I got, I got really upset. I was like, I couldn't understand it, and he couldn't understand it either
1: because literally, I'd seen him do it, and he knew I'd seen him do it. You're just very sus,
3: Dan, just in general. But like for me, actually. I say this is a social deduction game. Personally, for me, it really isn't. Like, when I play this, this feels to me, and it sounds like I'm nitpicking here and being, like, really kind of Peter Willington about this, but, like, (laughs) I think of this as a kind of a management game, which is essentially business simulation with a traitor mechanic because, like, I actually enjoy doing the tasks. I go around being industrious and i'll wander off on my own even though i'm putting myself in a vulnerable position doing the little mini games the tasks and actually um that traitor mechanic of there's someone in my midst here that will could stab me in the back is kind of not secondary but it's not as an overwhelming part of the game as it is say in games like one night Ultimate werewolf or resistance where it's literally just about rooting out the traitor so so for you, this is a third-person logistics game? In some senses, yeah, and it's quite relaxing because I've, I'm playing it kind of touchscreen on my laptop. Yeah. So for actually, for some of the mini-games in it that are quite fiddly, for me, it's yeah. just a breeze because I can literally just trace my <laughs> finger across the screen. I can empty the kind of the the rubbish shoes, whatever it's called, just using my finger on the screen. And yeah. I know you can play this on mobile or on a tablet.
2: That, that's how I played
3: it. Um, also, the game is very balanced, and you can have a say in how balanced it is. So... Um, yes, the imposter uses the vents, but they cannot see as far as the crew. So they could actually think they're on their own with this person stabbing them, but actually there's another crew member around the corner just out in their blind spot who's witnessed the whole thing. And you can go into the options, and if you feel that actually it's too easy for the imposters, you can add another yeah. imposter. Um, or if it's too difficult for the imposters, you actually increase their vision or give the crew more tasks to do, some that are longer than others, say, for example. Um, you could increase the speed of the players. So the other time we played it, I put everyone's speed on max, and it was hilarious because, like, people were dying, but it was happening so fast that nobody could see it. And you, you start to kind of second-guess yourself. And it does all those things that those early playthroughs of social deduction games did, that feeling, that joyful sense of suspense um, where you feel safe, but you're enjoying the anticipation of the tension here. It's wonderful. It's beautifully Hitchcockian.
0: Finally the loser. He get he goes last. He waits until this part of the podcast to finally open his gift. It's a me. Um I I do have I do have a small bone to pick with you. I mean, people said that mine was specific, but I do feel like Pete's secret Santa was. Can someone else do shopping for me? Um, (laughs) What? Because and I have and I have evidence to back this up. So,
1: Peter, what was your what was your um... mine was an expansion for a game I already own. Okay, so here's a little peek
0: behind the curtain.
1: Well, ah, well, hold on a second. Let's think about. Let's you peek behind whatever curtain you think there is (laughs) and see your opinion of this. And then I'll provide the truth. So, Pete put
0: this on our group and said it what he wanted. And then a couple of days later, he put something on our Instagram feed about how he was really enjoying Seven Wonders Jewel and commented, Oh, there's a recent expansion that's come out about
1: this. I really want
3: to give that a go. Oh, no. (laughs) I did as
1: well. Oh, no. That was like when,
3: when a child writes that, you know, I remember as a child wanting something for christmas so i remember i don't know how i did it i fell asleep with my finger put into the exact thing in the argos catalog
1: <laughs> that's really good okay just like just leave this i'll just leave this here now i will uh, now i will admit that does sound really bad <laughs> and now that you're saying that i'm like oh yeah actually that does sound like the work <laughs> of somebody yeah, trying. that's it. like i really want that expansion but or get someone else to buy it for me. I totally thought you were going to go in a different direction because what I did is when we put this in the WhatsApp, I'm, I'm very aware that I always, I always ask for something very difficult. So I thought what I'll do is I'll make it quite straightforward because I'm going to do this BGG secret Santa anyway. I have to update my wish list. I'll mm-hmm. add a load of expansions to that and I'll add that to it as well. Um, and I think actually the BGG thing had already arrived by then. And I'll make it really easy because these are all the games that I own. They're all on BGG. And here's my wish list. It's all on BGG. And I thought you were going to be like, oh, it was really easy because you made it really easy. But now that I remember that I put that post on Instagram, I'm
3: like, ah. (laughs) Uh, Were any of them less than 15 quid on your BGG thing, Pete? Well, I. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Could I have the
1: expansion to uh, Epic Armageddon, (laughs) please, from 2002? Um, Well, uh, I also have a a thing. So, um, it was bloody. Yeah, that's a big one. It was put in this bag. Um, And the reason is um, I asked uh, Alex to just double-check the item was, what the item actually was, because sometimes I end up spoiling things for myself, uh, uh, spoiling gifts for myself uh, by opening things. I don't really look at the labels on boxes. I just open them. Oh, my gosh. I I, I mean, have have your neighbours ever actually... I was going to say that's that's why I've committed so much postal fraud. Um, (laughs) So uh, I'm going to open this one up. So yes, well, I do apologize it does uh, the evidence yeah, is it, it, damning admittedly, <laughs> but that is actually not what I'm so uh oh, she's tied it really well well <laughs> well, my goodness me, it's a combo, it's an amazing combo, so um. The first is uh, it is a wonderful expansion for a game I own, which is the Marshal and Prisoners yes. expansion for Cult Express, which is one of my favourite uh, tabletop games. I, I, I bought that recently. Yes, it's very, very good. Play the Marshal, play the bandits. <laughs> uh, so this is the one where yeah, because this is the first time I think you can take you can move the Marshal in the in the vanilla game, can't yes. you? But you can't actually play as the Marshal. No, that's correct. Um, and uh, oh, and it looks like maybe they've added another another character as well.
0: Yes, there's a, there's a new
1: character in it. Wow. Um, and also,
0: just to put your fears aside, you can fit that in the Colt Express box. Beautiful,
1: amazing. With a little bit, of, with a little bit of a little bit of jiggery pokery. Let's just say my Colt Express box is now held down by several el- elastic bands. Excellent stuff. <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, so this will go very nicely because I. B- I have the horse and stage. Coach. Have you got? Yeah, the, the stagecoach expansion is also fantastic. Very, so very, very that good. That is
3: part one, but more than that. Oh my gosh, there's a two-parter. Incredible. A, I know, I know,
1: I know. Is it pretty? It is rather mm. beautifully. I've also been provided an uh, an additional expansion
3: for the game. <laughs> for the expansion,
1: <laughs> which is, um of course. it's a cowboy hat yeah I mean it's a white cowboy hat it's either Lone Ranger or Milky
3: Bar Kid
0: if if anyone if anyone wants a frame of reference if they've seen the Old Town Road video um, then I feel like Th- that's kind of the the, the figure that st- Pete's striking. It's out. very,
1: it's very um, lone ra- Lone Ranger, isn't it? Very uh...
0: it n- well. It's very. Um, it looks like that's half of a
1: sexy cow, yeah, person
0: <laughs> costume, <laughs> rather than a, a person, genuine a cowboy hat. Yeah,
1: I think this is absolutely wonderful. I'm going to wear this outside.
0: I think I think I know exactly what I'm going to ask for for next year. I love that idea of, can you get me an expansion, but something that also enhances a
3: board game that I already
0: have. Yeah, <laughs> <a good>
3: <laughs> So So Dan should have got like a little wicker basket to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or a neckerchief.
1: Well, that is very much... Oh, thank so. you very much, Secret Center.
2: Pete, when you talked about uh, your uh, classroom course-based... Uh, logistics uh, game. Yeah, um, a you, said time, was yeah. The, you said it was the you said it the opposite of abandon all artichokes. I would say in a in a in a different direction. I've yeah. been playing a game which is the antithesis of your game, which is mm. Astro's Playroom uh, on <laughs> right. uh, PlayStation Five. Okay, are they not getting any work done? That the, there was no course required. Um, there was a significant uh, financial uh, financial outlay. There was a, there was a yeah. significant financial outlay, just like with uh, mm. your game. Ash, probably a bit more expensive, I'd, <laughs> I'd say, than
0: get Kanban. Yeah.
2: Mm. I, I, I'm hoping I'll get more use out of it than uh, get Kanban will, though. I mean, there is probably only just one game on the PlayStation 5 anyway. So. <laughs> That's fine. It's it's a great game. Um, so yeah, Ash's <laughs> Playroom is the uh, built-in kind of free game that comes with the PlayStation 5. Okay. Um, and I've, been, I've played kind of all the way through. It is a significant... Game. It's not just a demo. Um, it's the most significant kind of built-in game. I think oh, was was it, was Wii Sports built in? Was
0: that f- kind of free with the Wii no, Wii or something? No, you got it free. No, but... but free. Uh, Alex, the kid is probably the last one I can remember. Uh, um, the Sonic they, wasn't Sonic in one of the. They
2: built a load into the master systems. Mm, yeah, yeah. But it is. A, but that's the thing. It's it's we got we've got used to kind of consoles coming with like a small mini game set so with you you've had like the playroom in the past ps
0: vita and ps4 both came with um proof of concept um mini games.
2: yeah but and that sense. but that's kind of all they were whereas asho's playing is it's not kind of the length of a full game but it is substantial enough
0: Good. and i have to say i've just
2: i've just been having so much fun with it it's such a joyful title um to get, I don't want to go into any details uh, in terms of spoilers around it, but the... <laughs> spoilers? Yeah. Around Astro's playroom? Really?
0: What yeah. happened? Well,
2: no, spoilers. I don't, I'm don't. i not talking narrative. I'm not saying it's a big narrative title with an in-depth story, but yeah. there are certain... Um, the game you goes around kind of four different worlds. Within each of those worlds, there are four different levels. So okay. that, as I said, that's, that's a significant amount of time.
0: Yeah. I think I think you can talk about like it's a it explores the history
2: of PlayStation. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so, so that's I mean that's the thing. It is a love letter to PlayStation, and really? I think if you yeah if you if you're yeah. if you're buying a PlayStation Five, I think you are invested in PlayStation to a to a certain yeah. oh, extent. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it absolutely because I've I had the PlayStation One. I didn't have PlayStation Two. I had PlayStation Three, Four, and now I now I'm fortunate enough that that I've been able to purchase a, a PlayStation Five. And the idea of the game is you're going out and you're collecting artifacts. Um now artifacts are individual things, physical items that Stony have sold for the different systems, which taught me that they sold on a lot of crap for like especially <laughs> the PlayStation One. There was a mouse. There was a PlayStation One mouse. Yeah, the Playstation
1: Mouse, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: How else are you gonna play Diablo? <laughs> Yeah, I was it reminded me of like the tap and stuff like that that I completely forgotten oh, about. I forgot and about the
1: multitap. It's
2: the, that that kind of hit of nostalgia you're feeling there mm. is just kind of the wave that goes over you when you're playing Asho's playroom because it's a it's a joyful experience. You've got that nostalgia. You've got all those things that you're like, "Oh, I can't, oh, brilliant. Yeah, I've caught I found that. I found that. Yes, I remember having that. I had this yes, the memory card from that. That's how that looked. But also just the, just the fun of it, I mean, I'm a huge fan of kind of, um, I have uh, Astro's Rescue Mission for the VR, and it's a wonderful game. Mm. It's the, be- the best game on VR, um, and it's just a, f- a fantastic platformer, so I was kind of already in on, on Astro. Um, the game I would kind of compare it to, and I compare it in the sense of the amount of joy it gave me, is Tearaway. Uh, on the Vita, okay, and you just—it's—it's it's a, it's yeah. a very different game, but that just level of kind of happiness it was it, yeah. that Terraway does give you—that's the way I felt about um, uh, Astro's Playroom. Now, wow. it very much is a uh, not, as I say, it's not a demo, but it's almost like a tech demo of what the um, new PS5 DualSense Sense mm-hmm. controller can do. Um, games going forward won't do as much with it as this game does because everything in this game is designed to show you oh it can do this oh it can do this oh it can do this the haptic feedback um feels really good there's a lovely little thing where it introduces you to the controller where a load of robots fall into your controller and then as you move it you feel them moving around inside it's it's a it's a wonderful little just a little um demonstration of how the haptic feedback does work and does work effectively for me the the yeah. adaptive dynamic triggers at the back when they first announced those, that was what excited me about it. And they work really well. Like when you're pulling a bow and arrow, you have that tension and it kind of it's very difficult to describe because you have the tension of pulling on a bow, but there's also that resistance that you kind of it, it shakes a little bit. So it's it's just so subtle, but it has such a great effect and you factor in the haptics and you factor in sound design and it all works really, really well. When you put all of that my, together my- in this really cute platformer which i have to say the best thing about it is as you walk through these levels you see some of your robot friends filming each other like with a a video camera and every time you see them filming each other they're filming some of their friends acting out a scene from a playstation game brilliant Mm. i recognize some of them some of them weren't completely past me i guarantee each of you would have like a really big reaction to at least one of those games completely different games for each of you i saw i saw one and thought that's pete i saw one and thought that's chris i saw one and thought that's sam <laughs> one of the ones i love the most and i'll spoil this one is you kind of as you're going through you just spot them filming it and all you see is this door frame and you have um a robot going up to the door frame and opening it and peeking through and there's a zombie on the other side of the door and that's a, that was that's absolutely um, a throwback to the original Resident Evil games, where you have the door opening and then the the robot then closes again, the so he doesn't want to see what's behind it. And it's exactly that, and it's just like it's it's so subtle, and it's not kind of this is Resident Evil. It's yeah, like yeah, if you yeah. know Resident Evil, you know that. Because I said there's plenty of in there that I didn't know. That Pete, I'm sure you would. You're you're more invested in PlayStation kind of than I am, and mm. there'll be plenty there that I haven't spotted that you would because it mm. does. They're not all just mainstream stuff. There are plenty of mainstream, but there are a lot more. Um, what's the right word? A lot more obscure, various, and it's just—it's just that level of fun. And to have it in just—that's the first game that you play. I was just completely sold. I was like, "Yes, this is just a wonderful game," and I just—it just made me happy. It just made me happy.
1: I love these early um these early games that really explore what that platform will do the um there's a bit of a i think it's an open secret now yeah i think it probably is a bit of an open secret now but um generally uh the reason that you see a lot of games that will be quote unquote gimmicky uh, at the start of a of a console's lifespan, so for example, the 3DS did a lot of three. There were a lot of games that had 3D. Uh, the, the 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 standard DS used the touch screen a lot, right? The mm. early games used a lot of those, whereas later DS games kind of didn't really bother with much of that stuff. The reason is that a lot of the the platform holders will basically say like. Well, we really, if you're going to be early on on the platform, we'd really like you to take advantage of all of these great things that we have access to. And actually, the early part of the, for me, the exciting part of consoles are the very earliest parts of the consoles where we get our, um, you know, we get our, I don't know, let's say on DS, you know, you get your, um, uh, your WarioWare uh, Touch because, uh, you know, yeah. it, it shows you, like, this is why using a stylus is going to be a great, great fun. Um, you know, with your early iPhone stuff, all of those really early multi-touch games, uh, Angry Birds and stuff like that. Um, for me, the early stuff is really exciting. And then the really late stuff is really exciting, just before the generation finishes. And seeing, like, those two different parts of the console lifespan and what what those early, quote-unquote, gimmicky things that were like playing around with lots of the things that you you know that you're talking about with the controller and the sound and all that good stuff and then the latter end like how have they what what did they what did developers land on as the exciting part of that hardware
0: I think I think the interesting thing from my point of view in terms of what I want to hear about like Dan and the PlayStation 5 is that like what's the quality of life improvements like I can take or leave graphics really mm-hmm. like it's you know it's what i've heard about the faster loading times the fact that like in 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 miles morales right there is an option where you can put in loading screens if you're fast traveling because apparently it's so quick people don't believe that they've actually fast traveled so you can actually choose an option to put in a loading screen to tell you right yeah you are fast traveling now it's, it's absolutely fine so like what are like those quality of life changes
2: um, in terms of
0: that speed, I mean, obviously, I've I, I
2: didn't I don't have uh, Spider Miles Morales, um, so I've only been playing Astro's Playroom. The other games I've been playing have been my PS4 games. which I've got on my external drive, um, because I'm playing them from my external drive. I'm not seeing a, a big difference in loading times because that only the loading times only improve when you play it directly from the SSD.
0: But what about but what about quality of life stuff like? Using the menu, using the share function, using the—I uh... mean, every,
2: every, everything works super smoothly and super fast. Now, what I would say in terms of speed with the SSD, and I, I did, and this was one of the things that really impressed me about the kind of the system is—you um, may have seen them kind of talk about it in one of their many videos and stuff. One of the things they've introduced are these cards. So, when you press uh, the PlayStation button, when you tap it. Um, you have a, a group of icons pop up at the bottom, which is just your menu items, and then a group of cards. Now, if you're playing, it could be various trophies that you've received recently, or news items, or whatever. Now, what it'll also show is perhaps, even if you're not in the game, it'll show Astro's Playroom, you are, you've are you completed 50% of this level, you completed 70% of this level. Now, if you click onto that, it'll say, kind of, do you want to play it? If I press yes... Literally, about five to seven seconds later, I'm in the level that I've clicked on. Not just the game, into the level, and I'm playing that level that I've selected. And when that fir- the first time that happened, because I think I'd actually already got, say, Uncharted or something loaded up, and I'd, I'd I'd skip between it. I'd finish playing that. It was technically still running because I hadn't closed the application. I clicked onto this card, and then within five seconds, I was playing Astro. I was like, "Wow, that is because that's doing a lot of work to kind of close down an application." open up a new application take me to a specific level start that level and now i'm in control and mm. that and so i can imagine from the the mars morales stuff if you're fast traveling that game's already running yes that's going to move like lightning quick so i can absolutely understand that from my own basis there's just a smoothness to your constant movement if if the if the screen does go black it's black for Two seconds at most between kind of levels. That's as much as it is.
3: So it's like slow blinking. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. If I just kind of if, if I just stretch and close my eyes, then that that's it all done. Um, a lot of the time, the graphic will take you from one level into another one without any kind of major break. So all those things. Obviously, I can't speak to morales Morales, which is a bigger, much bigger game than um, Astro's Playroom, probably. Um, But from what I have seen, that kind of quality of life made me go, yes, this is a big step up.
0: I I, I, I think the the biggest quality of life thing that I'm most interested in about the PlayStation 5 is those cards and the fact that you can do this and it's going to take you approximately this amount of time to do it in. And I'm like, I am down to clown with that kind of, I've got 20 minutes, what can I do and achieve in that time? Press a button, start.
2: With with play playroom, because it's not narratively driven, I can look at that and say, okay, here's a list of levels that I've not finished. I'm going to jump into that one, and I'm in it like that, and then I can move to another one if if I need be, and I'm in it like that. And so it is. There's there's no element of I've got to I've got to turn it on. I've got to load it up. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. When I when I load up um, one of my PS4 games, um, you, you get graphic boosts, and there is there is elements of that that. It, Obviously, that's dependent on the game itself. They, if they can, they run at higher frame rates, even though it's coming from the external. Um, but you don't have those loading times. When you're taking something from the SSD that's been designed for it, like Astro's Playroom, and obviously PlayStation 5 games going forward will be designed for the SSD, because um, mm-hmm. they can only be played from the SSD. You, you can't play a PlayStation 5 game from an external drive.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Those, those, That lightning quickness, it's going to get you into a game faster. There's not going to be an el- any element of delay you're not going to be okay i've got to i've got to wait five minutes to get into my game it's that immediate let's get him playing let's get him started he doesn't have a lot of time let's just do it now
0: thank you so much for joining us for this special edition of the staying in podcast we were all there daniel frost chris darby peter willington and me sam turner and this is the last podcast of 2020 and (sighs) what a year it's been Thank you so much for listening to the show. It really means the world to us to have such a friendly, positive and enthusiastic bunch of listeners. Thanks also to all the publishers and developers who have so gratefully shared their fantastic games with us this year. We really appreciate all your support too. If you're looking for some last-minute gift ideas, then we're here for you. Head over to Steam or Board Game Geek where you will find our pages where we list all the games we've played and recommended, not just over the last year, but indeed over the entire history of the podcast. If you need more of the show to see you through the Christmas period, then head on over to stayinginpodcast.com or just use your podcast app of choice, where our entire back catalogue sits awaiting your attention. We will, of course, still be on the Soch over Christmas, so please do follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook. Just search for staying in pod. But that's it for now. And all that's left to say is that we hope you take care of yourself over the holidays. And we really hope that you're able to just take some time over the next few weeks to share something positive with someone close to you. We wish you a Merry Christmas and we will see you in the new year. Bye bye.